All right, today we want to welcome Steve Johnson to the conversation. Steve's a graduate of Indiana Wesleyan University. He's ordained in the Wesleyan Church, and that's where he served for the last 12 years. In 2006, he moved to Western New York to serve in student ministries, and that's also when he met his wife, Lindsay. They now have two kids, Ava and Charlie, and in 2014, they left their church to become bivocational and go to the city of Buffalo and plant a church. It's Anchor Church, and they just started public services in January of 2016. Uh, Steve, thanks for joining uh, Jeremy and I today for this conversation. Yeah, I really appreciate being here, and uh, it'll be good good to talk. So a um, couple of things that prompted this. Uh, Steve, uh, we, we had kind of known each other through social media, and then at General Conference, which was in Buffalo, I really wanted to have the opportunity to, to talk to you about Anchor Church. Um, and just time didn't permit. And then yesterday, uh, after church, I think you, like a lot of pastors, went into Sunday morning and preached. And then it was after church that we found out about the Orlando shooting. So talk about your experience in church yesterday. Because uh, the first thing you say in your video is, man, that's the worst sermon I've ever preached. <laughs> so, so talk about the heart behind that video and what you were feeling as a pastor. Yeah, um, you know, what I, I felt really was a, a real great sense of regret in the sense that uh, this national tragedy was unfolding and I was kind of caught unaware. Um, and I think we all were to some degree, but, you know, after service, when I started hearing details and the scale of what was what, what had happened and the, the target of who, you know, and, and all that, uh, I was just left wanting. And I just... I mean, I don't know about you. Every time I preach, I end it, and then I'm almost immediately thinking, you know what? If I could preach that again, this is what I would have done. Yeah. And uh, so I think because of the events, I just thought, wow, I had maybe the perfect passage, you know, for for the for the event or for the time, maybe or a very good one. And uh, but that was a whole side of things I really didn't touch on. And so I just was like, man, I gotta. Thanks to technology, I can kind of have a little bit of a do-over or a little bit of a chance to kind of add an amendment on to the end of it. And so that was my motivation was just I had such an inner conflict of like, man, I had an opportunity and, and it kind of it, I didn't want it to slip by. Yeah. See, I was in a little bit of a different boat because our, our church is in this really uh, weird season of transition where we've had uh, a lot of young couples leave for ministry opportunities. And so that was kind of the basis of uh, my message, uh, but also kind of off some of the themes of general conference. So I, 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 I texted some of my buddies and felt like, man, I felt the spirit in that message more so than I have felt in a long time. And I felt like, man, that's, if I could preach like that every week, I would be very happy. But in the midst of that, you know, my first point was about focused prayer. And so coming off of that, that's, where we're at is, I mean, Wednesday night when we meet for Bible study, we will, you know, we'll spend a dedicated time in prayer as a church, not just for the situation in Orlando, but for just the hearts of men uh, around the world that there is, we live in a culture where so much violence has been mm -hmm. sown into it that we're, we're reaping that. And uh, it, it was definitely painful and I you know I guess I'm like a lot of people I found out about it on Facebook 
uh, that's where most people get their news. Uh, Jeremy, where were you at when you found out about the shooting in Orlando? I was actually, I caught the news, um, that, that early morning. Um, and then watching, uh, like meet the press and those type of news channels, just more of a, more of the details. Um, yeah, it's, news was coming in. I mean, more people were, were actually dying. I mean, you had like 50, 60 that were injured and then reports of 10, 20 and that number of deaths just started to grow. And it's just like, man, what is going on? Yeah. Um, and what they're saying now, what, what is it? The, um, largest mass shooting in U S history. Yeah. Um, all, all because of the one word I kept hearing over and over again, it was the word hate. Yeah. Um, and so it was just devastating. You sit back as a as a follower of Christ, and you're sitting back thinking, "Why? Like, what what in the world is is happening?" And there's no answers. A lot of emotion, a lot a lot more questions than answers. Um, both for those that believe and those that don't believe. You know, so it's tough. So, Steve, in your heart, what? Not just in this situation, but how can the church be? the light of the world, the salt of the earth, uh, in a situation like this? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I, I really think that the trick for us, I think at times is we, uh, want to, I think we have the answer. Like, to, to, you know, I mean, to, to the, the problem of humanity and the world and its brokenness, uh, we have the answer. His name's Jesus. The problem, I think, is is sometimes the church were too quick to want to give that answer, okay. and not just and I think create and not give people just a space um, to be and to wrestle. And I mean, there's a time, you know, one time Jesus said, you know, uh, don't feed your pearls to pigs. And in a sense, he's like, don't don't give truth to people when they're not ready for it. Mm, and good. and I think in in moments like this, we have the answer. But it could be very insensitive to try to give it, and and I think um, one of the things the church is one of the blessings of our culture is that the church is still seen as this place of where people could maybe have space and just to to be, and so I think that's one of the things we could really do is it, like we're going to be doing a prayer vigil tomorrow night, mm-hmm. um, and part, part of it's just going to have because people feel like they've got to respond or do something or they've got to. You know, this is so unresolved, but we don't have to like tie it up with a bow. We can like really create a space for people to, to kind of lift up their questions and their hurts to God, you know? Yeah. I feel like in a situation like this, there, there's always going to be this tension between the church and the homosexual community. Um, right. And I feel like it is good and healthy to within that tension wrestle with that tension but like you said leave space for conversations that that tension and and where we disagree on things can could drive a wedge it could drive us apart but in a situation like this i really feel like uh it's it's time for a conversation and to to show the love of christ to to this this community that is absolutely devastated, this community that's hurting, this this community that thinks the church doesn't listen, the church doesn't care, the church doesn't love them, especially 
I guess now, and I haven't seen all the news, you know, Westboro Baptist is doing their thing and oh, sure. saying this is a good thing. And just, I think you're right. I mean, the knee-jerk reaction so many times is, well, Jesus is the answer. Well, that is absolutely true, but we got to give space. I, I feel like when we give people space, people space to hurt and to search and to find Jesus through these things without just laying it to him on a silver platter, it makes that journey much more, um, much more, you know, significant. Uh, Jeremy, let me ask you, how, how can the church use, uh, within the Christian community, how can the church use something like this as an opportunity for spiritual formation to maybe grow in our faith and grow in our love for Christ? Yeah, I think it's actually one of those moments. I mean, it's because it, it's a sensitive issue. Um, you know, I think as Steve mentioned, like, how do you navigate? How do you relate? How do you be a part of in conversation? So I think it's a wake-up call just in terms of how connected are we with people that are are in the midst of this crisis? Because um, you can't speak truth unless you've given space to um, have trust have love with connections, so that relational capital is huge. Um, so I think even a society, as you mentioned, some people online have been saying really, I mean, I would just say stupid stuff. That's not Christian. Right. Well, let's just be honest, right? I mean, if Christ was in the midst of it, I think you'd look at him and say, you know, this might be harsh, but you might say, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you right. know? No. This right. is not the love that I've you know, um, and this is not who I am. And I think the gospel speaks truth and love, and sometimes it's, it, it takes time. So I think for us as followers of Jesus, we need to check ourselves. I think we need to say, am I really following the way, the truth, and the light? Um, and where is Christ in the midst of this? So Christ isn't out of the picture. He's actually in the midst of the chaos right now. Mm-hmm. He's in the midst of the lives, those that are in the hospital, the families that are struggling, those that have loved ones. So my question is, where am I in this? Mm-hmm. Um, where are we in this versus how do I convince others uh, um, a certain judgment, a certain truth and ideology, um, rather the love of Jesus Christ. And I think that's how Jesus enters into the scene is people see him through our actions, maybe not even our words, but just being present. Um, There's a word I think that we need to wrestle with today and this word that I see um, over the last few years with the shootings, with racism, is this word lament. How do we lament? How do we be present and cry out and allow the presence of Jesus to reveal himself, not through what I say, but rather my actions of being with? Um, so it reminds me of the prostitute and how Jesus, the Pharisees, you know, the famous passage where he's, you know, with this prostitute. And he looks at her and says, go sin no more. But what he does is he also is with her at her level and so he doesn't allow the sin to manifest into, um, you know, he doesn't bless the sin. But he blesses the person. And through that revelation, she experiences the presence of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, so how do we be with um, in this situation? I think it speaks volume. I think Steve says that well in his video um, that he shared on Sunday morning. Yeah, and I'll definitely, um, I want everybody to see that video. So in the show notes for this Groundswell conversation, I'll definitely put a link to that with with Steve's permission. 
Uh, Steve, Jeremy just talked about lament. You talked about space. I think sometimes we don't leave ourselves space to lament, really just not wallow in the sorrow, but take time to be sorrowful. You're, mm-hmm. you're in Buffalo, New York, which, which has probably a larger homosexual community than the, the, the rural setting that I'm in. Just last week, while we were at General Conference, they had Pride Week. And so, right. for me, like I see this great opportunity for you to kind of maybe wade into some waters that the church typically tries to avoid. But how is Anchor right. Church, you talked about prayer vigil, but even beyond that, yeah. how do you see and how do you hope and pray uh, your church can be um, joining in lamenting with what has happened right. here? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's something I really wrestle with and and um, and try and trying to figure that out. I think and I I did mention it in that video. I think one thing um, and you know, sometimes you say something and then after you say it you're like, wait a second, I really agree with that. Like or you know, like you just like <laughs> it really resonates with you. Yeah. Um, but like when I started off that video I, I talked about like, you know, uh, you know, I'm looking at this from a human perspective. Like, <laughs> these are human beings, yeah. and I'm a human being. And mm-hmm. and really, Christianity is is a, a a word and represents an idea. But really, our our faith is really all about us really becoming fully human again. Right? Like, that's our worldview. Yeah. Is that at the end of the day, Christianity isn't an idea to agree to, but rather right. the the accurate world that we live in and that we're on this mission to become human, fully human again. And, uh, so my response and the thing that I've noticed, I think that's been beneficial and meaningful as I've reached out to, to people in the LGBTQ community is to just recognize that they're people to to, the, the humanity that we have this common humanity. And yes, we have different, differing views on sexual ethics um, we look at things a little differently, but at the core, I think of the people I've met and and talked to, I think they walk away thinking Steve saw me. You know, I didn't see them as a homosexual. I saw them as a human being yeah. first, and I think that's that might be subtle to some, or it might like maybe not make sense. But but I think for me, it's made a difference. I think in how people perceive me as a pastor. And, and a an evangelical pastor, like they know where I stand, and yet they still feel fully accepted and valued by me. Yeah, I I feel like I mean, I totally agree with everything you said. I feel like in situations like this, we always seem to get caught in the minutia of it, meaning, what was this guy's motivation? Was he? You know, was he a terrorist? Was he a member of ISIS? You know, where did this happen? Oh, it was it was a gay nightclub. Oh, you know, what kind of gun did he use? You know, oh my goodness, what kind of what kind of laws can we and like we we like this this conversation gets away from us in the fact that what you just said, people created in the image of God lost their lives in a very brutal way period Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter how it happened where it happened who did it there is this 
there's this problem of just evil in the world and that to me that is the heart and the root of uh, the matter and how I think the church we haven't done a very good job of speaking to that root we have done a really good job of identifying symptoms of that root trying to deal with the symptoms of that root of evil but as far as like really getting into the depths of the depravity of the human condition we have we've just like done a terrible job um terrible job of that um jeremy i'm gonna put you on the the spot here um i know you know working in with spiritual formation and i know you're involved with a lot of different resources but as people today are searching for answers and they are having conversations are there any resources that you could direct people to maybe just to help them walk through uh some of these some of these things uh just to help as far as spiritual formation and really getting deeper in deeper in the depth of Christ for lack of a better word yeah I mean in terms of um, resources to look at um, I mean, we'll post some online on our website of course um, but Mearsloff Wolf has one called Exclusion and Embrace which deals with just the core of, of uh, these issues I think of how do we include others um, and uh, there's also um, a book by Henry Nowen um, that deals with with this too called uh, Spiritual Direction, which sounds kind of weird, like how does this relate, but realizing that, that the things that we deal with um, are spiritual, spiritual issues. Um, but I think that there's one on lamenting mm. um, that we'll post as well um, that just came out um, and um, let me try to find the exact uh, title of it. Um, but we'll post it online as well, but it's through an organization with CCDA. Um, but this idea of lamenting, I think, is something that as a Christian body, we don't truly understand, especially the evangelical church. Um, and it's a practice, I think, that is is necessary for such a times as this. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, Steve, you talked about this idea of humanity. I mean, N.T. Wright talks about God came to make things right. Mm. Um, and so making things right is those re- that relationship that's broken, that um, we're broken people. All of us are broken people. But when Christ enters the scene in our lives, inside that narrative, he makes things whole and complete, makes everything whole and complete, uh, not just people, but also society, communities. Mm-hmm. And you talk about you're going back to the city of Buffalo. I mean, I think that's the passion of yours is, is the people, yes, but also the, everyone that's part of Buffalo, the east side, the west side. Um, I mean, the history there of how that's even polarizing. Um, so how do, our, how do our systems of injustice become systems of peace and prosperity for the sake of all? Um, and I think what, what drives us is this ideology. We saw one person with an ideology of hate come in, regardless of what side they're on. Mm. And I think when we become, we can even in the name of Jesus have the same ideology of hate. Um, and lose the gospel, the sake of the gospel, if that makes sense. That sounds harsh, but I think as Christians, we need to check ourselves and say, are we, are we becoming those in which we say we hate? And we right. become like that. 
um, when Christ says no, love. And yet for us, I think as Christians, we think love is something that we're giving a ticket to someone to allow them, you know, the kind of this, this grace card of, but we're not the ones that saves, right? Jesus does. Do we really believe that? I mean, our actions really believe that Jesus is the one that saves, that transforms. And um, so it might, in the midst of this, um, this issue here, there's a lot of, a lot of um, polarizing thoughts and words coming out of the church right now um, mm. in the world, in the news. And I think this is a crucial time for us to stand up and say, this is what we believe through how we act, through how we love, how we come alongside. And um, we might not have all the answers. We, not, we might not actually see the fruit of our actions, mm-hmm. but it, it will be fruit that lasts, I believe. So, so uh, yeah. Steve, if people are watching this today and they, they watch your video and uh, they just want to connect with you online to, like I said, we... We certainly don't have all the answers. We're we're trying to spark a conversation, but if people want to continue this conversation with with you, um, where can the, where do they can where can they go to meet you online to do that? Right, right. Um, well, they certainly you know can uh, contact me through through Facebook or, or even begin a discussion through that video, like through the comments. I'll I'll keep on that and respond to those. Um, people could go to the church's website, anchorbuffalo.com, and. There's means to contact me through that, and, and I, I reply pretty quickly. Um, I think those probably are the two best ways, um, and, and I would love to do that because it really is a conversation that, that needs to continue. And I think the thing that can be real sad in my eyes is that we have a, our, our culture is driven so much by a 24-hour news feed that as soon as the mm. story gets boring, <laughs> then yeah. we move on and we short-circuit, like I think, the, the wrestling we really need to do and, and not politicizing, but like, you know, which mm-hmm. everybody's already doing, but really yep. to wrestle through and just say, what do we, what does this say about us as a, a society? <laughs> and, and what do we want to be marked as in our, in our mm-hmm. country and, and in our communities and, and what, you know, okay, this is something that happened states away from me. But how should I change how I live and have my being and, and how should my community live in such a way that, you know, we can minimize, we can't eliminate all threats or risks, but, but how can we be peacemakers where we're right. at, you know? Can you talk a little bit about that real fast before we close up this idea of being peacemakers? Because that's, that's, that's huge. And yet I don't think we totally understand or comprehend or even practice peacemaking. Right, right. Well, uh, I preached on that subject <laughs> this past week. So, um, but you know, I think I think it's pretty clear in 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 Jesus when he's talking about uh, the peace, being a peacemaker. Blessed are the peacemakers. Um, to be a peacemaker, in a sense, you have to take yourself out of it. And what I mean is this: like um, that, it's there's a peacemaker is somebody who doesn't have a vested interest. Like they're looking at parties outside of themselves and they're in, their focus and intention is how to bring two people or two you know, different sides together. So a peacemaker has to kind of empty themselves of their own self-interest. Um, I think that's a big part of being a peacemaker. Um, but it also it requires uh, empathy, you know, empathy. It requires mercy and this desire of bearing 
the burden of other people in mm-hmm. order to help bring about something better, you know. And so a lot of times we'll get on Facebook and we'll have plenty of sympathy and and all this other stuff, but that that's different. And we can even have grace. Grace, you can. I I heard this said by uh, Tim Keller. Uh, you can have grace without mercy, but you can't have mercy without grace because mercy not only is is giving something that's undeserved, but it's also willing to bear a burden. Like mercy yeah. means you're willing to take it on to yourself. And you can yeah. give people lots of grace without actually ever getting involved, you know? Yeah. So I, I think to be a peacemaker means you're, you're willing to have mercy and engage in some way. And that's what everybody, I think, listening to this hopefully – we'll have to do after we talk is, is just wrestle with, well, what does that mean for me? Uh, how can I bear the, a burden? How can I engage in, in being a peacemaker in my community? Hmm. That's powerful. Yeah, I mean, in our own context, we can, we can lament, we can be with those away from us, like what you said, like your heart breaks for those in Orlando. But how do you actually live this out in Buffalo, in your own neighborhood community um, as followers of Jesus? Yeah, that's powerful. It's a good word. Um, Keith, you mentioned a book. Uh, the book I was thinking about is called Prophetic Lament by Sung Chin Ra. Yeah. And it's called Prophetic Lament, A Call for Justice in Troubled Times. Um, and uh, I heard him speak a little bit from this from this book here. And um, very powerful message. So definitely something I think would be a, a great resource for such a time as this. Yeah. Also, uh, we did an interview with Jim Lowe, who just wrote a book with Chris Bounds called Unholiness. Uh, dealing kind of with the evil in our own heart. And uh, all these books that we've talked about, we'll put links to them uh, in in the show notes with this episode. Also, all the information to contact Steve will be there, a link to his Facebook video. Uh, we're trying to get, uh, you know, Groundswell's kind of been on a hiatus uh, these last couple months. As many of you know, I've been dealing with uh, my wife's illness, but I'm very excited Uh I'm very excited to kind of get things up and rolling again. We've got a lot of great conversations that are coming back out, but uh, really just love how God sparked this conversation. I appreciate your heart, Steve, and and just really the guts to to post that video. And um, I, I just pray that your words there and and the words of this conversation will just spark us all to not necessarily. Uh, figure out what we're supposed to do, but maybe just dig a little deeper and figure out who we're supposed to be. Uh, Jeremy, mm-hmm. where can people go to connect with you on uh, social media? Yeah, connect with me on uh, Twitter at Jeremy Summers or also on our website, missionaldiscipleship.com. Yeah, and uh, in, the, in these show notes, there's buttons to share on Facebook and Twitter. We'd really appreciate people doing that. Again, we want this with this conversation to grow to go to grow you can use the hashtag groundswell i'm at at heath mulligan i'm pretty much the only heath mulligan on the planet so anywhere there's a heath mulligan it's probably me uh so steve god bless you and your work there in buffalo and uh i'm excited to see where where god uh, takes all this and how he uses it uh for his glory in the end so for jeremy summers and steve johnson i'm heath mulligan and we appreciate you being with us today